0: What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Weber, Dub themies. And you are listening or watching the Onside Kick here on Most Valuable Podcast. If you are on YouTube, hello. It is great to see your faces again. If you're on Block Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher, thank you guys for giving us the download and the listen today. Mark, we're recording a day later yep. than we usually do it yesterday, was the Memorial Day. Me and you had a... And well, I'll say you had to get-together. I just yep. did the easy part and there. showed up. And we had a nice time mm-hmm. and a day that we're usually spent recording. But now we're back in the recording studio ready to talk some football. And like you said, Mark, you can't wait for football season.
1: Right. And it's it's really early to have – I mean, I you kind of always had that <laughs> it's feeling. Not even June yet, But well, it's really it's, early. It's basically June. Uh, it'll be June in two days. <laughs> uh, so – it's it's really early. It's too early to have it. I posted on Twitter at the Mark Weber uh, that all I want is my fantasy football mock drafts mm-hmm. to really get started. Um, because man, I'm excited. I'm excited for fantasy football. Um, I'm excited for real football. I'm excited for the minor league football, which is college football. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to be excited about. Well,
0: and we already know football season has officially begun us because the Bears finally have their first injury. Yeah, with Mark Sanchez going down, football season has officially begun. Well, be, on they May thirtieth, they've
1: had quite a few already. Eh,
0: this is the first one. This is the one that I'm. This one's s- to a quarterback. Ceremoniously we're it. dubbing it the start, the official start of the 2017 season. But we got a jam packed show for you guys. We're going to be talking about the Cleveland Browns. We're going to look at Deshaun Kaiser, and a little bit of Cody Kessler, and kind of answer the question of Will Deshaun Kaiser start for the Browns this year or win the job this off season? Then we're going to look at Mark's Chicago Bears and what does Victor Cruz bring to the Bears receiving core. And then we're going to wrap up the show talking about the New York football Jets and Christian Hackenberg. How How is he going to make strides or what strides does he need to make in 2017 All of them. for the New York Jets? But we're going to start in the AFC North, the Cleveland Browns and Mark, the Cleveland Plain Dealer. No, that's not the new nickname for Deshaun Kaiser. They reported that Deshaun Kaiser is on the fast track to win the Browns starting job and they say coach Hugh Jackson called Kaiser a quick study where Kaiser is quickly being pushed up to speed as quickly as possible. Cody Kessler is getting the first team reps, but it looks like the Browns have plans to slow pl- to have no plans to slow play Kaiser. I'm going to just hit you with it. Does Deshaun Kaiser win this job this offseason?
1: It's totally possible that he wins it. I I can't say 100% that I think he will, but it's Cleveland, so a lot of me wants to say, yeah, he's totally going to go out there. He's going to win it. Um, And it's also just one of those things. It's one of those things. It's one of those things. Get your t-shirts. That... For Cleveland, for one of these teams that drafts a quarterback early, Mm -hmm. and I'm counting Kaiser as an early quarterback because it was, you know, early second round it should count, although I think it's probably more mid-second round. Um, Anyways, these are one of those guys who easily can go out there and win that starting job when there's not much competition out there, and when you spend a pick that's fairly early, these guys get hyped up, and these coaches know, these GMs know that I spent this, you know, this this valuable pick on this guy, he's got to start. That's why we talked about Deshaun uh, Watson, if he's going to start. That's why we've had the conversation about Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Mahomes, we're not having that conversation, well, obviously. Because of Alex Smith. Um, and that's why now we have to have the conversation with Kaiser, because these are people who there's a lot of expectations for them. And we'll get to Cody Kessler, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody Kessler's unfortunate situation is he didn't get an opportunity to prove himself. So, it's a 100% quarterback battle.
0: Well, and the thing with me is, and it was 52nd overall, was um, Kaiser's draft position. So, around that second, more Mm -hmm. towards the um, second half of that second round. But, I look at last year, and this is a hard decision. And when I saw, like, oh, well, the Browns are putting him on the fast track, my first thought was, why? Why are you putting him on the fast track? Because this team first off this team and I know this is not just me disparaging the Cleveland Browns and their fan base but let's be honest even with Cody Kessler starting you're not going to win the division you're not going to win the super bowl you're not probably even going to make the playoffs and I know that's me kind of shooting the Browns right out of the door and saying no you're not going to do anything this season before it even starts but let's be let's be realistic a rookie quarterback, unless Deshaun Kaiser comes out and looks like Dak Prescott, which guess what he won't, because the Browns don't have that offensive line, and the Browns don't have Ezekiel Elliott, and the Browns don't have Des Bryant, and the Browns don't have Cole. I don't Cole think Beasley. Dak Prescott really
1: had let's, had uh, Des Bryant either, though. Let,
0: let's be honest. Well, and that's why I said Cole Beasley. Mm. Let's be honest. Dak Prescott had a lot of things around him that helped him. The Browns don't have that. The Browns have. A, they have a nucleus, but they don't have what Dallas has. So we can't expect Kaiser to come out and, oh, he's going to be, he could be like Dak Prescott. I just look at it and I go, you're the Browns. This year you're not going to win anything. You're going to win a, hopefully a few more games than one. But when I say you're not going to win anything, you're not going to go to the playoffs, you're not going to win the division, you're not winning the Super Bowl, you're not advancing in the playoffs, any of that kind of stuff. So I look at it and go, why are you fast-tracking Deshaun Kaiser for the starting job? Because, I mean, I look at Cody Kessler, and last year, he didn't do terrible. I mean, I look at the games where the the, the last four games, three of them, he had most reps. That New England game, he only had eight attempts in that game. But the other ones, 244 yards against Miami, lost in overtime. You had, against Washington, 223 yards, one touchdown, one INT. They lost that game 31-20. to And then at Tennessee, 336 yards, two touchdowns, no INTs. And overall, he had six touchdowns, two INTs. So I look at Cody Kessler, and I'm like, he's a guy we're in a short kind of sample size, a small one. We saw a quarterback that can take care of the football. Now, I Mm -hmm. know he had Terrell Pryor and Terrell Pryor's not there anymore. He's now in Washington. So that is something that I think needs to be looked at, but I just look at Deshaun Kaiser and go, "Why are we fast pra- why are we fast
1: tracking him because the Browns aren't going to compete this year?" Yeah. But the the hard thing with it is You also don't want Kaiser to kind of get lost in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a hard thing because you have Cody Kessler, um, who is a third-round pick by Cleveland. Now you have this second-round pick by Cleveland. And it's just kind of this mess that I keep talking about in Cleveland for the quarterback situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no clear answer, which is okay. You don't need it right now. I mean, there's, you know, we haven't even... Gotten to the month where we'll start playing football. Uh, Haven't even really gotten to the month where we have real practices. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of time here. But when we come down to it, you don't want Cody Kessler to be the guy who goes out there and does okay. But not great. And Kaiser just sits there. And your team isn't good. And you're back in the top five. And then do you draft a quarterback now? Then you've had like, you know, a third rounder. Second rounder, and now you' got a first rounder. you got to play your first rounder, so these mm-hmm. other two guys are just going to do nothing. Uh, you know you don't want to get yourself trapped in that situation either. so I can understand why you might fast track Kaiser if he's learning. I mean, they're not forcing him out there, apparently, apparently he's picking up the playbook pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's learning everything, if he's doing everything he needs to do, I can get it because Cody Kessler there. You can fall back on him if Kaiser fails. Uh, it's easier in a way to put Kaiser out there and see what happens. I don't think it's necessarily the smartest move, but to do it and see what happens as opposed to saying, Cody Kessler won't lose his starting job if we put him out there, but he's not going to win us games either. Mm -hmm. And then Kaiser's just going to sit on the bench. Because you're really not going to have a situation where much changes between these two quarterbacks in my eyes. So if Kaiser's ready, yeah, get him out there.
0: Well, and that's the whole thing. It's if he is ready for the starting job, and let's let's say Kaiser goes out there and he just straight wins it from Kessler. That's a different story. But when I see, then the key word is fast track. Because like you said, apparently he's picking up the playbook well. Mm-hmm. They're just moving him right along. I just get worried with that term because usually when teams like the Browns and I'm not saying that is like, oh, look at the Browns, they suck, blah 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 blah. I'm just saying teams like the Browns, who are in a bad situation yeah. and have pressure on them to win games, sometimes you do things under pressure mm-hmm. that. Forces a quarterback into a situation that he might not be ready for.
1: Yeah. And I think a problem for Cleveland, too, is Cleveland's been a revolving door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I you mean, don't, the
0: famous jersey with all the quarterback Exactly,
1: cares. which got retired. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to keep doing that. So you can put Kaiser out there and have him not be that great and then give him a second year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason why you have to draft another quarterback. That's kind of the thing with Cody Kessler, Of you know, uh, this will be, I think, his third season now going into his third season, where if he's going to you know, have this opportunity and get it taken away so quickly for another guy, that's not a pattern you want to keep going. If you're going to do something like this, you almost hope that the Cleveland Browns say, Cody Kessler is not our guy, we believe in Deshaun Kaiser. here he is.
0: Well, and I mean, the thing that I look at and the thing that's interesting is who did the Browns bring in? They brought in the new football operations guy to be the analytical guy.
1: Mm-hmm. They're moneyballing.
0: Well, the moneyball, or I think of in the NBA, the Sam Hinkie effect, where with Sam Hinkie, it was trust in the process. Mm-hmm. Draft picks are the most valuable thing in the world. And we kind of saw that with the Browns, with their trading, even in the draft. Oh, Houston, you want Deshaun Watson? Give us picks. We will give you this one. You give us more picks. Yep. You give us this year's pick and a second round next year. So they were.
1: They're accumu- remembering when Belichick was a Cleveland Brown.
0: They were accumulating draft picks. And that's where I kind of get the Sam Hinky part mm-hmm. of it because he was always like, uh, pulled all these picks together. Every pick has its value. Draft picks are more valued than actual players that are in the league today. And I just wonder if maybe if that's the mindset with the Browns, then maybe that's why it's like, you know what? Let's fast track Kaiser. Let's see if we can get them ready to start week one because we know that we're going to have draft picks next year. Yeah. And, I mean, the Browns right now, I mean, it's interesting because in Todd McShay's way too early mock draft, I believe they were the numero uno pick in the mock draft. And, of course, that's using – he uses football outsiders. And who would he have them go with? A quarterback and Sam Darnold.
1: Exactly. And it's the kind of thing where – I always say teams that draft quarterbacks early continue drafting quarterbacks early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you've never been proven wrong yet. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is that for a team like Cleveland's, eventually you have to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. You really do. You have to get one of these guys and say, we believe in him. Uh, whether it was Kessler, whether it's Kaiser, whether it's the guy they draft next year, eventually they have to have somebody they believe in, give them the opportunity to be successful. And seems like Cleveland is doing that by building the rest of the team. You thought that maybe Kessler, and I was a big fan of this idea of don't draft a quarterback at all. Mm -hmm. Just let Kessler have his opportunity next year. But when you draft a guy like Kaiser in the second round, to me that's saying you don't really believe in Kessler anymore. You're kind of getting this other guy because you expect him to fail or you think he's already not good enough and you have this other guy who's going to be better. So... I'm okay with them fast tracking him. Um because really when it comes down to it, the p- the preseason's gonna be the determination for who, mm-hmm. who wins this job. Um and it's Cleveland. So there's nowhere to go but up. I mean, I guess they could lose no I mean they could they win can, no games in time. Detroit Lions hit. Um, but there's p- almost nowhere to go but up.
0: I got this question for you. Yeah. Let's say the Browns do get the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. And let's say Sam Darnold has a great season and everything is lined up. Andrew Luck style, where it's like he is the number one pick. Kind of Jared Goff style, Andrew Luck style, John Elway style. of. Well, I don't, not,
1: he, Let's not put Jared Goff in the same conversation fine. as Andrew Luck Andrew and, Luck John, and Elway. John
0: Elway, where it was they're the number one pick. We mm-hmm. know they're going number one. Are the Browns going to take them or are they going to trade them? I will ask you this yep. if that is the situation for the Cleveland Browns, And I know that there's the other factor of, well, how did Kaiser do in his first year? But
1: they're the first overall, so they're probably not well. So
0: they're probably not the greatest. I will ask you this. If you are pulling the trigger, are you saying, no, we have our guy in Kaiser? Let's see if we can get picks for this highly touted quarterback that, Mm -hmm. let's be honest, there are going to be teams, the 49ers, the Jets, maybe even the Vikings, there's going to be teams that need quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. If you are the Browns, do you trade that pick or do you say, nope, Kaiser is no longer our guy? Sam
1: Darnold's the man. Well, I'm going to be, if I'm the Browns, I'm going to do my due diligence and entertain offers. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see who's going to give me 10 first round picks. But at the end, you know, when
0: you have to pull the trigger, what are yeah. you going to do?
1: What? I'm assuming no one is going to give me my 10 first-round picks that I want, (laughs) my King's Ransom. So, Okay, Wayne Gretzky. If we are going to say, if we're putting them in the same category as Andrew Luck, Mm -hmm. John Elway, these are once-in-a-generation type of quarterbacks. I'm I'm just saying in
0: the sense of, He's going number one. We know he will be the first one off the board. It's just the Browns or someone else is taking What I'm saying
1: is if he's one of these guys who we're saying, without a doubt, this Mm -hmm. is one of those, like, once in a generation type of quarterbacks, you have to go for him. If this is the Jared Goff situation, that's why I didn't want him in the conversation, where people are saying, yeah, he's the first quarterback taken. Even this year with people saying, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Deshaun Watson or Mitch Trubisky, they're the first quarterback taken. You know, then I'm going to say, yeah, go ahead and trade it away. Assuming that Kaiser did decently. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and trade it away and let's see what happens. Because a good team, when you got those first round, I mean, when you have a guy who's going to be that number one talent, better than everybody else in the draft at any other position, that can be a game changer. Whether it's a running back, a -hmm. wide receiver, a defensive end, you know, whatever it might be in this case. Uh, Miles Garrett—they're expecting to be one of those absolute monster game changers out there. Uh, and that was the same thing when Houston went for Jadavian Clowney, supposed to be one of those absolute monster game changers. Um, and you can't pass up those either because those have such an incredible value, higher than a quarterback with no team around him. So if it's one of those guys who are just saying. Yeah. Okay. By default, they're the number one quarterback. Yeah. Avoid that, unless it is a one hundred and ten percent. This guy is going to be fucking awesome. And there's always speculation, obviously. But when we're talking about an Andrew Luck, you know, when we're talking about a John Elway in that type of situation, the guys, you mentioned, then yes, of course, you absolutely have to do it. Uh, but I like the way that the Cleveland Browns are building a team.
0: Well, and the thing that I kind of look at is, and this is with the Browns, and it all depends on how. Cody Kessler plays because let's be honest, the Browns could have a record that is the worst in football. But if you believe if you believe that either Cody Kessler or Deshaun Kaiser mm-hmm. played well, and really it's going to be Deshaun Kaiser in my mind at that point, if you think he played well, he's our guy for the future. We don't need a quarterback. Yeah. I would think trading it would be the better option. Of course, with the— Well, if you don't
1: need a quarterback, obviously. Yeah, yeah
0: it, that's what I'm saying. If you believe, you know what, Kaiser can be our guy. Mm-hmm. If it he sucked, boom, go with Darnold. But the thing that I think will be interesting, and it'll be kind of interesting to see how high one of these position players goes, because Todd McShay in his mock draft, had one of these— position players go number five I believe to my Vikings in um, Ridley the wide receiver from Alabama and then I look at uh, Mel Kuyper and his big board he's got Christian Kirk the wide receiver from Texas A&M at fifth on his big board he's got Calvin Ridley at nine and then Antonio Callaway from Florida at 11 I wonder if the Browns go and say you know what we fast-tracked Cody Kessler or not Cody Kessler, Deshaun Kaiser, pardon me. De- Deshaun Kaiser for the job. He can be our guy. Let's see if we can get some picks for this for someone who really wants Darnold mm-hmm. and still be in a situation to get a wide receiver. Because to me, I look at the depth chart for this Browns team and what could be, besides maybe the offensive line, but I feel like what could be the Achilles heel for Deshaun Kaiser, if he's the starter this year, is I look at the wide receivers, and I mean, Corey Coleman, yeah, he's going to be expected to be your number one this year, because that's why you drafted him two years ago. But I mean, Kenny Britt, I'm not really that high on, Rashawn Higgins, Ricardo Lewis, Jordan Payton, Mario Alford, and I'm not even going to name the rest, because I don't give a crap what their names are. They're not going to be anything of substance for this team I just feel like it's going to be okay Corey Coleman's there we need another target yeah. for Kaiser to throw to
1: for sure and if you you know if you can get one of these uh, you know let's think about an all Sean Jeffrey even though I know he was taken later mm-hmm. he wasn't a first round pick if you can get an OBJ you know if you want to talk about one of these really early round pick guys we'll talk about a guy like Calvin Johnson mm-hmm. Uh. You know, if you can get one of these guys who can absolutely take your quarterback to the next level, that's the kind of stuff that the Cleveland Browns need, more so than a quarterback. Uh, Because if you can get a guy who's above average, that's a step up for Cleveland.
0: Well, and that's why out of the three wide receivers I named, Galloway, Kirk, and Ridley, I think that the one that could go the highest is Ridley, and the only reason is... He's the closest to that Alshon height. He is one. The other two are 5'11". Yeah, so, you don't want that so early. I mean, and that's the only reason why I think Callaway and Kirk won't be a top five, won't, probably won't be the top wide receiver. It's because they're 5'11". Ridley is right now 6'1", 188 is what he's listed at. And with the Browns, it's also going to be interesting. And I'll ask you this. If you had to make a decision... Because mm-hmm. it's all going to come down to if Kaiser's the guy, and you're fast tracking him for yep. the job, you think he's the future. What position would you upgrade first on this Browns team? A wide receiver or the running back? Would you say no, no, no? We've got Corey Coleman. We can get a decent number two in the free agent market because last year it was Terrell Pryor was the guy a hundred or a thousand yard wide receiver, but only had four touchdowns. Mm -hmm. I mean, Corey Coleman battled with injury, 413, three touchdowns. He's going to, like I said, be expected to be the number one guy this year. Yeah. Do you say, no, we're getting a solid number two in the draft? Or you say, no, let's go to free agency. Let's maybe draft a guy like Saquon Barkley from Penn State and replace Crowell, who right now is the top running back in Cleveland.
1: Yeah, I would wanna go with a wide receiver. Um and the big the big thing in my mind is going back and looking at a guy like Terrell Pryor and how mm-hmm. he was able to elevate this offense a little bit. Uh and there's no such thing as having too many good wide receivers. Uh and sure, running backs are great, running backs will help out a lot, but I think I have better luck getting a s you know, a stable of running backs that can running back by committee successfully than I do of getting You know, a mishmatch of wide receivers who Mm -hmm. are all twos and threes. I don't want that.
0: And before I get to my final thoughts on this, before we uh, move on, my final thoughts on your final thoughts, the one thing I find funny in all of this about Deshaun Kaiser being Uh fast-tracked, you know who we have yet to bring up, who is uh, technically on this roster? Who's that? Rock the cock, cock-a-doodle-doo. Yeah. He is technically on this roster, and we're looking right past him. We're saying it's either Cody Kessler or Deshaun yeah. Kaiser.
1: Well, I mean, I don't necessarily think that we should completely look past him. Uh, but last season, he gave nobody any reason mm-hmm. to think that he's going to be anything. But change of scenery is a big deal. He had his kind of uh, wake-up call in, hey, if you're not good, we're getting rid of you. You know, the NFL will spit you back out really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that's the kind of thing that gets him to wake up and be successful.
0: Well, and the last thing I'm going to say on this is Deshaun Kaiser. if he starts week one, it's going to be, I'm not going to say, all oh, that's a mistake. I think that the Browns know what they're doing in that sense, and that's crazy to say because they're the Browns. But to be honest, I think they could throw Kessler or Kaiser out there. It won't make a difference because, like I said, they're not going to make the playoffs with either quarterback. I think what's going to happen is that, Kaiser will start either beginning of the year or close to the beginning of the year. He's going to finish out the season. They're still going to be high on him, no matter what the record is. And then when we get to the NFL draft, depending on where they are, we're going to be sitting there going, if they're in prime position for a quarterback, they're going to try to trade the pick to either get a defensive player or an offensive weapon, or they're going to say, hey, you know what? The quarterbacks were just out of our reach. Let's get a wide receiver. Let's get a running back mm-hmm. to help out Deshaun Kaiser, the guy that we fast tracked for this job. What are your final thoughts before we move over to your da Yeah,
1: I really think that Cody uh, Kessler, you know, showed that he can be a decent quarterback, showed mm-hmm. that he can take care of the football. Uh, but I think that Kaiser is going to bring a level of excitement. And I think that's going to drive him forward, and I think he'll do enough to win the job in the preseason, uh, to where Week One I think Kaiser will be the starter. Um, I actually think that the Cleveland Browns will stick with him, is you know assuming he doesn't get hurt, will stick with him throughout the season. Uh, I don't think I don't expect anything amazing out of Kaiser, but I do think that he can put up decent numbers. You know, be a fairly average three thousand plus. You know, yard quarterback, maybe like a pretty average one-to-one ratio with touchdowns, interceptions. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't expect him to go out there and be a completely lost rookie. And I don't expect him to go out there and just be one of those, everybody shut up, I'm a veteran. Day one, you know, type of NFL rookies. So... I just expect fairly averageness. I don't expect a great season out of Cleveland, but I expect a lot of progress, and I expect to finally kind of see not necessarily the light at the end of the tunnel, but at least where we're going.
0: And I look at their schedule really quick. They do have kind of a, I'm going to call it a mosh posh of hard and uh, easy games where it's like, yeah, you open up the season, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Indy, but then there's games like the Jets. You've got, I mean, the Lions were good last year. The Jaguars, the Chargers, the Bears, there are easy ones in there to where maybe you can get more than one win, but really when you get one win,
1: the
0: I'm not really going to say, oh, you're going to win five games this year. You might win two. Yeah. You might prove me wrong, but I'm going to shoot for that lower number. But if you're a Cleveland fan, if you're a football fan, let us know what you guys think down below. What do you think of the Browns fast-tracking Cody Kessler for the job. Do you think he wins it this off season? And what do you think will happen? How will this whole season play out for the Cleveland Browns? Let us know down below in the comment section, but Mark, let's move on into our next topic. And we're going to be talking about the bears and uh, the bears in the news this week, Victor Cruz going to be salsa dancing his way right into Chicago, signing a one year deal to be with the bears. And I'm going to ask you this. They are your team. You are the big Bears fan here, the head honcho, and most valuable podcast when it comes to our Bears fans and Sean and Brandon and Dave and Mike. And I'm just going to ask you plain and simple. We've got Kevin White. You've got Meredith. You've got Kendall Wright. You've got Reuben Wendell. you got Marcus Weed, Now you got Victor Cruz. How is Cruz going to fit in to this already kind of mosh posh of wide receivers except for maybe Meredith and White?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you name all these wide receivers and that's kind of what it comes down to. You're talking about a number three or a number four in the mm-hmm. offense. Uh, you don't expect a ton to come out of Victor Cruz. He's basically that guy who, uh, a long, long time ago proved that he knows how to catch the ball and he knows how to catch touchdowns. That's something that the <laughs> bears really needed last year, uh, with multiple games being lost because of dropped balls. Thanks, Josh. Uh, Follow me. And it really comes down to there needs to be something and they're willing to give these guys who have had success or who have shown promise, uh, an opportunity to see if, Hey, maybe, maybe you can do it here in Chicago. And if it doesn't work out, it's not that hard to get rid of a Victor Cruz. You know, It's not going to be that hard to get rid of a Kendall Roy. Well, yeah, I mean, after the year Victor Cruz is gone, you could say bye-bye, mm. bye, see you later. It yeah. didn't work out. So it's not really that big of a concern. I mean, Victor Cruz is going to be hopefully the guy who uh, Cameron Meredith, if he steps it up a little bit further, will demand his attention, his respect. Kevin mm-hmm. White should hopefully uh, be able to dra- uh, demand his attention and respect. And a guy like Wright or a guy like Cruz can just be available be available for the young quarterback to throw the ball to.
0: Well, and the the thing that I—and the reason why I say all the names at the beginning is when I'm looking at this wide receiver core, I'm just—I I can't help but think this is just, hey, let's take a bunch of crap and let's just throw it against the wall. And I'm not mm. calling the wide receivers crap. I'm just saying what the saying is. Let's throw a bunch of crap at the wall. Let's see what sticks. And— if Kendall Wright doesn't work out, okay, Reuben Randall, step on in. Oh, Reuben Randall's not working out. Hey, Marcus Wheaton, step right in. Hey, Marcus Wheaton ain't working out. Victor Cruz, step right in. Mm-hmm. That's what I think this is going to be for the Bears. And what they really need, what this Bears team really needs is Meredith and White to be locked down one and two. And Meredith, I am not the hugest fan of him being a number one or a number two maybe a number two at like at the absolute top of his potential is what he can be. He is mm-hmm. not a number one in my mind, but really you would like Kevin White to kind of step up and be the number one. That's why you yeah. drafted him, and it just hasn't worked out. So, I mean, Victor Cruz, to me, I think he's going to step in. Right now he's behind Randall and Wheaton in that slot receiver um, position. I think that he can easily pass Ruben Randall on that part of the depth chart. And then really I think it's with Ruben Rand I would I would play Victor Cruz over a Kendall Wright. And I think it would for me come down to okay, Meredith and White are my one two. Maybe Wheaton's my three and then Victor Cruz is my four. Mm-hmm. Or it's hey, Wheaton's not playing good. Okay, Victor Cruz, you're now my three.
1: Yeah, I mean the Bears have very uh flexible are They have a lot of flexibility here. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very interchangeable for these guys. And, you know, you you mentioned the throwing crap at the wall. And the the Chicago Bears have had this kind of next man up mentality uh, ever since Ryan Pace has has gotten here because of the fact that he's very much in the mindset of, I'm going to give a lot of people the opportunity to prove themselves. Mm -hmm. Chicago, in a way, is kind of becoming a second chance destination for a lot of players of things maybe didn't work out somewhere else.
0: Mike Lennon.
1: Maybe this can work out here and if not, okay, you're out. Mm-hmm. At least you had your opportunity to prove yourself. And I think Brian the, man, Hoyer, yeah, Barkles. the man the mentality with that is that players will hopefully want to prove themselves mm-hmm. and will play a little bit better. You know, a guy like Victor Cruz who has shown that he has the opportunity to have 1500 yards in a season uh and last few seasons has been under 1000 yards, injury was a big deal. Uh so It's a guy who needs to do something to prove himself, needs to show that he is still relevant and that he can still be successful because he's 30 years old. Uh, This season he will turn 31, and there's not a ton of time left on his clock for the NFL. So wouldn't it be nice for him to be successful one more time, two more times, you know, however Mm -hmm. much he's got left?
0: The thing that I'm looking at is I'm looking at the wide receivers from last year. Well, actually, all of the receiver numbers from last year, And out of the top five receiving yards on the Bears last year, only three of them are still on the team. Meredith, who had the most at 888 yards, Zach Miller, who had the third at 486, and Jordan Howard, who had 298 receiving yards. Eddie Royal, no longer there. Alshon Jeffrey, no longer there. And that Eddie Royal, he was recently waived right before the Victor Cruz signing Went down. Didn't surprise anybody. I believe the Bears also waived a nobody wide receiver today because they had to resend their waiver opportunity for Connor Shaw because of the uh, Mark Sanchez injury that happened today, the minor knee injury Mm -hmm. that happened today to him. But I just look at it, and the Eddie Royal loss, I'll say, and I'll put it in air quotes— is minor to me because I think either Wheaton, Randall, or Cruz.
1: Well, he didn't really play last year.
0: Exactly. If you need the hole filled, one of those three is Mm going to do it. And I leave Kendall Wright out because out of the Wheaton, Randall, Cruz, and Wright, Wright's the fourth behind all those guys to me. And the big one to me is Victor Cruz and what could be this. I'm going to use it on him because he's what the segment's about but it could also fall to Wheaton and Randall as well, and even Cameron Meredith. That Elshon-Jeffrey hole is the big one. Mm-hmm. And I think this year for the Bears, the guy that really needs to step up for them in this receiving core is Kevin White. If Kevin White can't fill in for that effort, for that Elshon-Jeffrey void that they have, this Bears team will not be successful. And if Kevin White can't fill that void, then it's going to take the Marcus Wheatons, the Ruben Randles, the Victor Cruzes to kind of say, like you said, okay, he's not pulling his weight. Next man up, I have to help this team because if I don't, we're going to lose more games because I'll be honest, although I am not the hugest fan of, of Cameron Meredith, just like I said, because I don't think he's a number one for a team, you can't do it all with Cameron Meredith. You need these guys to all pitch in, and they all need to help. And if Kevin White isn't pulling his weight, that's when the veterans of mm-hmm. Wheaton Randall and Victor Cruz, who you just signed, need to say, okay, you're not pulling your weight. We got to do it to yeah. help this team.
1: But it's also the opportunity, of course, for uh, for the preseason mm-hmm. to figure out, Who's going to be the guys who are worth keeping around? Because guys are going to get cut. Exactly. Uh, and Alshon Jeffrey, on paper, is a big hole. But honestly, Alshon Jeffrey didn't do that much for the Chicago Bears last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of it was uh, injury issues. Part of it was getting suspended. Um, so definitely, not 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 anything that really all that concerned about besides the fact that it's a 6'3 wide receiver that can make free catches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to downplay Alshon Jeffrey because I know Chicago Bears fans would just get angry at me for doing that. But what I'm saying is He's that. He's a big part of the offense. Not really last year. He no, wasn't. I'm just saying over overall. On over paper career, he should yeah. be. Yeah, on paper he should be a big part of the offense. It just happens that Alshon Jeffrey hasn't been playing that great and that's why I wasn't that upset when he was gone. Mm-hmm. I miss him. But I'm not that upset about it. Uh twelve games last year, nine games the previous year. So that's not the worst thing in the world. Unfortunately, Kevin White isn't Similar there issue. either. Yeah, he's not he's not gonna be healthy either. So uh the Bears really need to do get back to the kind of roots. Jordan Howard's there. Run the ball with Jordan Howard. You got some really powerful uh or at least tight ends that are full of potential out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so take advantage of them. You don't need to have four or five wide receivers out there. This isn't like the Mark Trustman era where they want to throw the ball 40, 50, 60 times in a game. Uh, well, hopefully. Hopefully the Chicago Bears <laughs> aren't going to do that. So run the ball. Go traditional, even if it's a little conservative, because we know John Fox likes to be conservative when it comes to play calling. Uh, So the Chicago Bears can be built to do that. They don't need the flashiest wide receivers. They just need guys who can catch the ball and who can move the sticks.
0: Well, and that's exactly it. And the one thing that kind of reminds me of is just look at 2015 in the team I root for, the Minnesota Mm -hmm. Vikings. I mean, you look at the team that we had – that year and And i look at the wide receivers that we had our leading receiver didn't even get a thousand yards stefan diggs now was that a good season for him of course we also had um kyle rudolph which was a good um tight end target maybe what zach miller could be for this bears team again this Mm -hmm. year as he was in that top five for receiving for the bears last year and then mike Mike Wallace just sitting there and contributing, catching the ball, 39 receptions on 72 targets, Rudolph 49 on 71, Stephon Diggs 52 catches on 84 targets. Then you look at our quarterback that year. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is making the progression. He was a 3,000-yard guy and, of course, 14 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. But what was the the big guy that made that offense go? Oh, yeah, a guy who's now in New Orleans, Adrian Peterson, almost had 1,500 yards, had about 10 rushes of 20 or more yards and 11 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that is kind of, I looked in what you were saying, hey, you got Jordan Howard, why not go back to that? And I look at it and go, you can do that because my team has done that. I've seen that happen where you don't need that, hey, we got the star wide receiver we're mm. going to throw to them. You I don't mean, need to be the New York Giants and what they're
1: going to yeah. be this year. I mean, the NFL is certainly a passing league. No one's going to forget mm-hmm. about that. There, but there are plenty of teams that run the ball a lot, uh, move slowly, methodically, dink and dunk their way. I mean, the in the regular season, the most successful team last year was exactly that: mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so yeah, they
0: didn't pressure the ball. Uh, they didn't no? push the ball down the field with that.
1: Not at all. Um, And the only team that was really being an issue for them was the New York Giants. Uh, And the Bears have enough Giants on the team now that (laughs) I think they'll be okay. Uh, But anyways, it's just one of those things where you look at the way uh, the Chicago Bears were a long time ago, what they tried to be and kind of failed at besides that Mm -hmm. one year where they had the second best scoring offense in the league. Uh, It all fell apart. Everything, offense, defense, special teams, everything was terrible. Uh, and they're building it back up in that kind of more traditional route. I mean, the Bears have never really been known for wide receivers. They've been known for having a great defense and a really good running back.
0: Well, and I mean, I'm going to use another example from my Minnesota Viking mm-hmm. um, career of the 2012 season. That was the year we the Joe Webb played in the game great against year. the Packers. Um, Christian Ponder was our quarterback that year in the regular Ah, season. Great year. Just under 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Receiving-wise, Percy Harvin, 677 yards. Kyle Rudolph, just under 500. Michael Jenkins, just under um, 450. These are wide receiver numbers where no guy is getting over 1,000 yards. Our best guy in Percy Harvin got 677, but then you look at Adrian Peterson, and I know that— A lot of Bears fans and maybe even some Viking fans who are listening right now are probably going to go, Ricky, you can't compare Adrian Peterson to Jordan Howard. You just can't do it. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. saying we were able to lean on the running game a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that year, Adrian Peterson had over 2,000 yards that year, 27 yards of 20 and above, and then 12 touchdowns, only three fumbles. So. That's another year I was just kind of going back, being Not like, be hey, I'm used to this. Yeah.
1: To, and to be fair in that case, the Agent Vikings P- kind of squeaked their way into the playoffs. Yeah.
0: 2015 would be the better yeah. example because we did win the division
1: outright that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, you know, you see a signing like Victor Cruz and a lot of Chicago Bear fans are mm-hmm. going to go, what the hell? The guy's been injured. The guy's not doing anything. It's more of the same. You don't need these guys to be these absolute all-stars. You just need somebody to step up.
0: Here's another thing I'm going to throw out about Victor Cruz. Mm-hmm. And this also goes for Reuben Randall and Marcus Wheaton.
1: and the, even The other guys. And even Kendall Wright. Well, we can refer to them as the other guys. The
0: other guys. Fine. The other guys. What they are going to be able to do, mm. and this is all in one scenario. What if the Trubisket starts? Mm -hmm. If the Trubisket starts from day one, what is he going to need? Veterans who know what to do. Because let's be honest, if you're going out there and you're saying, like, there's no way after getting Mitchell Trubisky, there's no way Ryan Pace could go out there and say, well, okay, Josh Bellamy, Daniel Braverman, Deontay Thompson, those are your guys. No, I'm not going to be confident in that. If I'm throwing, if there's a chance, I'm throwing a rookie quarterback out there, whether it's week one or whether it's week ten and below. Mm-hmm. I need some veterans out there that this rookie can lean on, that can be confident in. That said, hey, you know what? And if the quarterback, if the rookie, because all rookies probably have it of that just that moment of like. Okay, okay, you got this. You got this.
1: You can do this. Mm-hmm. Those
0: veterans can then come over and go, Hey Mitch, you got this.
1: Yeah. You got this. I mean, sure, I'm I wouldn't be super concerned about that. I whoever's whoever can catch the ball I'm happy with.
0: <laughs> Mark just wants completed pass. Right.
1: Mark is a simple man. I mean the worst thing that you can do that at rookie quarterback is have him get the ball in that in those hands and mm-hmm. oh it bounced off. It's on the ground now. That's gonna be worse. That's the worst-case scenario right mm-hmm. there. I just see it as competent,
0: like, and that's usually you get that from veterans, of competent mm-hmm. receivers. I mean, Kendall Wright, I would say, is the only one that uh, I'm not too confident in, might drop the ball the most out of those four. But this receiving core, what Victor Cruz brings overall, is he can bring a guy, A, what Mark's saying, just catch the ball. He can catch the ball especially if he can work in that slot and if Kevin White can demand some attention outside, open up that middle of the field, and Victor Cruz and Marcus Wheaton and Ruben Randall can kind of make that territory their home right in the middle of the field, he can work that way, but also he can give some confidence in case you need to start Trubisky early in the season.
1: Yeah, yeah. So for really what it comes down to me when we're talking about Bears wide receivers Mm -hmm. is that it doesn't matter. It's the other guys. That's really what it comes down to. I'll ask you this.
0: Mm-hmm. This, this is the last thing I'll ask you. And if you have any final thoughts, you can throw it out there. Being the Bears fan, with this receiving core, who do you think the beginning of the year who's going mm-hmm. to be thrown to him, Glennon or Trubisky?
1: Um, probably,
0: probably Glennon. Do you think the Trubisky gets in at all? Yep, I do. What week?
1: Um, <laughs> Mark.
0: Yeah, he plays. He'll
1: play. (laughs) I don't know. I I think it'll be towards the end. I think it's a double-digit week Mm -hmm. that he probably plays to be safe. I mean, he can go in there. Anytime after the bye week, there's opportunity.
0: And then any final thoughts on the Bears? Because with mine, my final thoughts are just emulate what my Vikings did. You don't need a ton of yards. Catch the ball. Lean on Jordan Howard.
1: Well, I mean, you're emulating what the Bears are known for. In that case, be the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. That's really all it comes down to, be the Bears.
0: Well, and this is where we're going to pose the question on to you guys. What does Victor Cruz A bring to this Bears receiving core? And then B, Bears fans, what is kind of your thoughts, your optimism, your pessimistic attitude, whatever it may be about this season? What are you worried about? What are you excited about? especially with this offense and this receiving core, and what are they going to do for either Mike Glennon or Mitch Trubisky? Let us know down below in the comment section. But, Mark, we're going to move on into our last discussion, and we are talking about the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. We're taking a look at the quarterback situation that the Jets have going on, and there was an article on ESPN, Insider article, that basically they went through the one-player for every single NFL team that needs to prove themselves this upcoming season. And the one for the Jets was, no surprise, Christian Hackenberg needs to step up. Is this finally the year that he is going to be like, you know what, this job is mine, and I will take it. And I'll just pass the question on to you, Mark. Mm -hmm. Will Christian Hackenberg make strides in 2017?
1: Um. Well, okay, no, but <laughs> no. But he it's the kind of thing uh and actually f- kind of fun that we've talked about two mm-hmm. uh Valentine babies on this podcast, okay. all Sean Jeffrey and Christian Hackenberg. Okay. Uh there's a fun fact for the day. Uh so um 5 years apart from them. Anyways, all Christian pa- Hackenberg needs to do is take one single stride and he mm-hmm. will have you know made progress <laughs> this year. Uh Hackenberg has kind of become a joke in the NFL mm-hmm. uh, Just because of the fact that his coaching staff didn't believe in him There was a lot of reports about how he was nowhere near NFL ready And he was not getting up to speed anytime in the near future To where a lot of people were saying to the New York Jets like, What are you need- waiting for? Yeah, do, do they need the guy still? Can they just get rid of him? Because uh, he's not doing anything successful uh, Now obviously that would have been a little early to make that kind of a move With that being said, um, I don't understand an article like that saying that Christian Hackenberg needs to take a step forward because I'm sitting there saying this is a pretty even quarterback battle between Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg, and Josh McCown. You think it's even across the board? Well, as in the fact that anybody has the opportunity to start. Okay. Um, I disagree in that part, but go ahead. But what I'm going to say is that walking into camp, they're saying, hey, one of you three is going to be our starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. We don't know which one. You figure it out, essentially. Uh, <laughs> you guys let us know which one of you guys wants to start and we'll start that one. Right. And they might as well. But to me it's obvious that Josh McCown starts day one. Exactly. Because he's the only Thank one you. that he's the only one that has any Thank you, Mark. decent Thank you. starting experience who uh, he's not even that great, but he's the one who is far and away the best option.
0: And that's why when you said, Oh yeah, it's pretty even coming in, I was looking like Really Mark? Really? Into like When it comes e- to the battle, even? yeah. N- to me, no. Because to me, it's Josh McCown is the guy who's going to start. He is the clear number one. And then it's basically, hey, Hackenberg and Bryce Petty, paper scissors rock for who wants to be number two. Mm-hmm. Which so- most likely I would put Petty. I mean, mm-hmm. Hackenberg can prove me wrong. He could prove me wrong in the offseason. Go right ahead. I dare you. But. I'm saying day one it's going to be McCown, Petty, Hackenberg. That's the way yeah. the
1: depth charts are going to go. More fun facts. Um, mm-hmm. So McCown is 12 years older than Bryce Petty, and 15 years older than Christian Hackenberg. Most NFL players don't play 12 years in the NFL. Not, nonetheless, 15. Not that Josh McCown played all those years. I mean, he was coaching Mm -hmm. high school football for a while. Yeah, Uh, But that is the age difference between these two quarterbacks. And that's why when you say, you know, the clear winner is Josh McCown, the only thing where you need to pump the brakes a little bit is – do the New York Jets even want Josh McCown to play? Yes. I think they're sitting there thinking, "Yes, we really want Bryce Petty or Christian Hackenberg to be the one playing." Now they need to be good enough to do so, mm-hmm. but we really don't want a thirty-seven court, thirty-seven year old quarterback with an injury history uh, to be the guy actually going out there starting day one.
0: See, I am totally on the other side. I let, Jo I let McCown start, and I let the other two. Back up. The reason why is Josh McCown will go out there and will he win you games? Yeah, he might win you a few. Like he's a little bit of a, as Skip Bayless would say, a little bit of a gamer out there. He'll win. He'll try to win you some games. But he'll try,
1: but he probably let, won't be. Let's successful. be honest
0: with this team around him. I mean, yeah, he's got Matt Forte and Bilal Paul. Yeah, he's got Eric Decker. But for the most part, on this team, he doesn't really have much around him, and this team isn't really. A good team especially offensively like I said it's got a few weapons but nothing really that puts a whole entire offense together so I think even with Josh McCown out there you're still a top five pick in the NFL draft next year and then you can go ahead and draft your quarterback and by starting McCown it gives you the, we're, A, we're bad enough to get the top five pick or the top ten pick if he's, like, really good, but we're still the top five pick in the draft, and it gives the illusion that we want to try to win games <clears throat> because I feel like if they throw McCown out there, they can sell to the fans, we are trying to win games. If they throw Petty or Hackenberg out there, they are basically telling the fan base... We've given up, and we no, are going to get I Rosen, disagree. Dar- Dar- you draft, or Allen. You
1: drafted Bryce Petty, uh, what, three years ago in the fourth round. I can understand that not being exciting, but Hackenberg's a second-round pick. We were just talking about Kaiser and how Kaiser should mm-hmm. be a day-one starter. Kaiser is different than Hackenberg. But it's still a second-round pick. Kaiser was, what, 52 overall? 52. Hackenberg's 51 overall. So Hackenberg should be at the same level but he's as not. Kaiser, but, then that's but no, no, no. Thing, he's not But I'm saying when you're talking about the fans and what mm-hmm. you're selling to the fans, the 51st overall pick should be something you can sell to the fans. But, now, but hold here's on, here's the difference. Hold, we've hold on, seen let a me talk about
0: Hackenberg.
1: Yes, well, actually, not really. He didn't well, not play games in an
0: NFL game, but we've yeah. seen him in an NFL yeah. system learning a playbook.
1: We did, and it wasn't that great. Exactly, it wasn't that great. But at the same time, we haven't seen him play games. So that's, that does mean something.
0: Will we ever see him play games?
1: I don't know. I'm not, that's I, I am not uh, someone who can read the future. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the thing. If we never but, see him but play here's games. The, no. Here's the point, though. You put Josh McCown out there, you're saying this team has no future. We need to get to next season where we can draft a quarterback. This is a wash. Sell your tickets now. You know, sell your season tickets. Don't come to our games. If you put a 22 year old quarterback out there that you drafted, 51 overall in the second round, that's saying this might be hope. At the very least, you are selling hope that this young quarterback could be successful. Will it work? Me and you both agree that it's not no, going to work. No, it's not going to work. But at least you gave it a shot. At least you put somebody out there who you th- said, we think this See, guy could be the guy. Maybe
0: I'm maybe I'm giving the New York fans, though, mm-hmm. a little bit of credit to where I feel like those New York fans, if you throw Hackenberg out, unless Hackenberg shows major, I'm going to say major strides this offseason. Yeah, he's got a long ways to go. And it's like, damn, man, yeah. put Hackenberg in there. He's been playing up. But if you're just sitting there going, you know what? We're gonna sell them on hope. I I think that New York fans are mm-hmm. a little bit smarter than that. I mean, come on, they've been watching Nick basketball. Well, I don't. In the I, garden I'm not saying that they're that.
1: they're dumb and you're you know you're pulling the wool over their eyes. But you throw a 37 year old quarterback who'll be 38 by the time an actual football game is played this year, uh, including the preseason. You throw a 38 year old quarterback out there, and your fans who you just said are smart, and we both agreed that mm-hmm. they're smart fans in New York, are saying this team has no future because a 38 year old quarterback is starting. This isn't Brett Favre, who gets to well, be successful, who gets to be good yeah, when he's starting. He's not 40. a legend. Yeah. This is a guy who used to sell cars and coach high school football. I just think for the Jets, the
0: thing that they have to think about
1: mm-hmm. is because, let's be honest, all
0: three of these quarterbacks are not, I'm going to say it now, are not the future for the New York Jets.
1: Most likely not. They are
0: going, whoever they start, McCown, Petty, Mm -hmm. or Hackenberg, any three of those is going to get them a top five or top ten pick in the draft. Most likely, yeah. And if it's a top five pick, I am betting you that either Darnold, Mm -hmm. Allen, or even like Rosen, Jackson, whoever the third quarterback is, is a mm. New York
1: Jet. I'm I'm willing in the to draft. go so far right now to give you guys some hints and mm-hmm. there's a long way to go but this is pick number 1 right now. New York Jets are the number 1 overall. So
0: pick. Sam Darnold is a New York Jet.
1: I'm not willing to say that because I haven't watched college. I'm football just saying as yet. of right
0: now. I mean that oh, that's everyone right now. That he would is be the, the consensus, guy,
1: number one pick, um, way too early style. I way too early. Yeah, uh, the quarterback X mm-hmm. is what I will say. So they're taking a
0: quarterback with the first pick is what you're saying. Yeah,
1: but I, I just all it comes down to for me is mm-hmm. when I look at this quarterback battle, none of these guys really should be a starting quarterback in the mm-hmm. NFL. I don't know what the New York Jets are doing, but. To me, if I am Jets management, Mm -hmm. if I am a Jets fan, I would much rather see a young guy get out there and see what they got. Because if Christian Hackenberg goes out there, throws eight interceptions in three games, you can say, okay, bench him. Because I know what Josh McCown is. Mm -hmm. I don't know what Christian Hackenberg. I kind of have an idea of what Bryce Petty is because he went out there for, I think, five games last year. Mm -hmm. Um, But let let me see him again. Oh, he threw seven interceptions again in these, like, five games. Yeah, put him back out there. Uh, Jeff McCown, okay, let him start now. Because you know what he is. He is the kind of safety blanket. Um, now, he says the safety blanket's probably going to play day one because the other guys aren't that great. Well, and that's but at thing, least I mean, I'd I rather see something else.
0: And that's the thing I look at. Mm-hmm. in Because lo- like, the offseason's going to be key. Because I feel like unless Petty or Hackenberg show, like, amazing skill McCown's going to be the guy. And I have this feeling of why would you throw Hackenberg out there? Unless he, then this is the asterisk of unless Mm -hmm. he makes major strides, I'm saying it like that because I don't think he'll make major strides. So I think that he's not going to do anything special in the off season. That's my big prediction. I know it's crazy, but I just, I look at it and go, if you start Hackenberg, and Petty would Petty to me is more on the count side. Like I could I could see you throwing Petty out there and still saying the we are going to be we're gonna to try to be competitive. Okay, cool.
1: I don't know now if you look at his stats last year.
0: I disregarding those, I'm just saying like the he is a more veteran quarterback than Hackenberg. I look at Hackenberg and I go, like eight, why would years. Why would you throw him out there? Mm-hmm. And sell this hope of the future if, when you're still going to get the number one pick, you're still going to take that quarterback and it doesn't matter, then Hackenberg's gone.
1: But, I mean, okay, you're misunderstanding what then hope you're is, Then you're selling though. them on Miss Hope and no, you're misleading no, 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 your, your fans. No, 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 you're not selling them on Miss Hope. You're selling them on there's hope. Hope can not work out. I mean, you can say that this quarterback might be good. We don't know. Let's find out. That's hope. The hope is saying Christian Hackenberg is a quarterback that we drafted in the second round, and that's why we this, think he might be good. Let's this, find out. This
0: hope that you're talking about, mm-hmm. it ain't gonna get like uh, the only way it gets to mm-hmm. the season is if we see that hope in the off season. Well,
1: obviously we got to see it in the off season. Obviously, if he, if he throws that, ten interceptions in the yeah. off in the preseason games, he's not going to start day one. And that's why
0: the off season is the most important for Hackenberg because. Mm -hmm. This is where we need to see the hope. Yeah. If we don't see that hope, then McCown But what I'm
1: simply saying is what the Jets would rather have happen Mm -hmm. is that they can play one of these young quarterbacks. Because there's no reason to play Josh McCown. Josh McCown is a worthless play. Josh McCown is when you throw a pawn in front of somebody else's chess piece just so they'll take it. Because you want them to ju- to draw first blood. I think he's a little bit better than that. Josh McCown is nothing. He's a thirty. He's about to be a thirty eight year old quarterback who is almost guaranteed to get injured because that's what he does. You, whether it's Bryce Petty or Christian Hackenberg that you're choosing to be number two, they will play. At some point in this season.
0: Well, let's be honest. The Jets are probably gonna play. All have two three of these quarterbacks, quarterbacks are probably gonna play. play. Yeah.
1: And then some other guy that they picked up halfway through the season. Uh, because these two young guys aren't very good, and Josh McCown's gonna get hurt. So I would much rather as the Jets, and you're getting a little hung up on my hope mm-hmm. analogy here, but I would much rather as the Jets find out what a young quarterback is about and say, at least I tried something. I'm going to throw this
0: question out there because mm-hmm. they drafted Hackenberg. Yep. This would be, they drafted him right before uh, Bowles' second year. So it was before last season. Mm-hmm. A 10 and 6 year is first season, a 5 and 11 year last year. If this is another like five or under year for Bowles and the Jets, do we start to hear the rumors of, and eh, maybe it's time to get a new coaching staff for a new quarterback? I don't
1: think we hear the rumors. I think we see a new. Cor- a so new you think coach.
0: he's getting? Do you think that if if they get the number one pick, mm-hmm. do you think Bowles is on yeah. that staff making the pick, no. or is it he's fired and we're bringing in a new staff? To work with this new quarterback.
1: Yeah, I th- I would expect a new staff, um, and I think a big part of it too is you look at their draft in the first two picks, first uh, pick round or I'm sorry, round one, round two, both safeties. Mm-hmm. You got a defensive coach out there who wants to shore up this defense, and I still say that defense is better than they look on mm-hmm. paper. Um, that's why you notice I didn't say anything
0: about the defense. I spent most yeah. of my time yeah, on and, the offense.
1: And when you look at paper, yeah, there's parts of this defense that are pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh. They gave up a lot of points last yeah. year. But, you know, you have a defensive coach. If this defense continues to not be good, there's no reason for that defensive coach to be there anymore. That's why Lovey Smith got fired in Tampa Bay because he was a defensive coach who couldn't make a defense good.
0: He also couldn't beat the Packers.
1: And Well, we're talking about Tampa Bay.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about what the He
1: he was brought into Tampa because they had an already good defense and he made it worse.
0: But the thing with that, and I'm just going to throw this in there, Mm -hmm. there was that little bit of, to me, I saw a little bit of an undertone of, hey, we have this young quarterback, worked really well with this offensive coordinator, let's go with him as the head coach so that he can develop Jameis Winston.
1: I mean, that's a part of it too, but there's no doubt in anybody's mind, that Mm -hmm. the fact that Lovey Smith, a defensive coach, couldn't, like, made a defense worse Mm -hmm. is an issue. Bowles is here to make this defense as good as they used to be. And he hasn't done that yet. And he's tried, but he hasn't gotten it done yet.
0: And I'm looking at the contracts right now for the quarterbacks on this team. Mm -hmm. McCown, after this year, done off the books. Probably retired. Hackenberg? We'll be here two more seasons. Petty's got one more year. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have Hackenberg and Petty. And to me, I I look at this quarterback trio. And ideally, although I'm saying McCown's my guy right now, I'm looking at all three of them and going, is there anyone out there? Do I
1: have a three sided coin? Can I I get
0: someone from free? Hey, Michael Vick, you sure you want to retire? You sure you want to retire? I'll bring it back. I can play with the Jets. Might be a better option than the 38-year-old, I'll say, in McCown. They don't have a good situation. at quarterback, no matter who they throw in there, is not going to do anything. And going back to the original question of Mm. what strides does Hackenberg need to make in order to be named the starter, he needs to basically make major strides to where I don't think he—like, they need to be so big of strides— I don't think he can do it in one offseason. He
1: needs to get in a car and start driving. Yes. Those are the strides he needs to make. Yes,
0: He's basically—it's different when you bring up Kaiser to Hackenberg, and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're drafted in the same round. The big thing that's different, and it was the key wording when we talked about Kaiser, Mm -hmm. is that he's—they even said he's learning the playbook quickly. We've never heard that with Hackenberg, that he's picking things up quickly— that things are going smoothly. Mm-hmm. It's
1: but he bu- to be fair, you only had one year to do it. It's been a bumpy road. Most, know, most rookie quarterbacks don't do that in one year.
0: And I know Hackenberg. That's what you can say. Well, yeah. look at Aaron Rodgers. He had X amount of years. Uh, no, I don't, I don't even behind, need to well, put Aaron
1: Rodgers into it to
0: sit behind mm-hmm. Brett Favre. And like, it's some of these quarterbacks do get to sit. Look at Kirk Cousins. Got to sit there. For a long time. Under RG3, Mm -hmm. and then finally got his start, and boom, look at that. Now we're talking about him. We talked about him, what, a week or two ago? Yeah. And his contract, and how he could be the highest-paid quarterback with that franchise tender. So I'll say Christian Hackenberg hasn't been put into the most ideal of situations. I just don't think he's going to make the strides that he needs to make Mm -hmm. in order to win this job and be the starter for the Jets week one.
1: Yeah, I don't think that he will either. I still believe that Josh McCown will be the quarterback uh, Mm -hmm. week week one. But I also think when Josh McCown takes the field week one, you can pretty much sit there and say, yeah, this this season's a wash. If you got season tickets, I hope you already sold them. Uh, I hope you didn't buy any tickets. I hope you didn't buy any jerseys. I hope that you didn't get any special sports packages so you can watch these Jets games. Because if Josh McCown goes out there, he's good for maybe four or five games, he'll get hurt, and then you got these guys out there, and the season's a wash.
0: And I mean any quarterback, though, that they have. They, What I said for McCown mm-hmm. is true for Petty and Hackenberg. Just because it's a new quarterback doesn't mean the weapons are different. No, you got Matt Forte and yeah. Eric Decker. Maybe those Aust- are good. Those maybe are good. Austin and Jenkins, if he can like channel in what we thought he was going to be yeah. coming out of Washington, but not even a- ASJ. I just
1: think that like you, you put McCown out there, you're saying mm-hmm. from the beginning, I know we're gonna lose. It's like when a movie starts with the last scene. And they're just showing you what's going to happen, and you know it's going to happen at the entire mm-hmm. rest of the movie. Uh, that's what basically starting Josh McCown is. We know it's a lost season. See, not that Hackenberg and Petty are that much different, but at least she had that, this slight little moment of hope of maybe this guy will be decent.
0: And that's where I'm on the other side of. I agree that either quarterback you throw out there, mm-hmm. you're not. You still am starting with that final scene of okay, the season's over. But I look at it as if you throw out Hackenberg, I'd look at it and go, well, the season's over. I'm not even going to watch because this young quarterback is not going to do anything. No, I the, the like,
1: average NFL fan will watch a quarterback. I feel quarterback. like
0: if you throw out McCown, you can sell the, hey, we're going to throw out the veteran because we want to win games. We don't mm-hmm. want to have put in front of you a development project. We want to put in front of you – a guy that is going to give it his all to win game to try to win mm-hmm. games,
1: who has in his history not really done that.
0: Well, let's be honest. Do you, you think Hackenberg and Petty would?
1: But that's the thing, Petty. You can you have an answer for mm-hmm. it. Hackenberg? You don't know. That's what I keep saying. In this is for maybe it, maybe it's my marketing background, but mm-hmm. you can sell Hackenberg because he's a question mark. You want to watch that game because you want to see what he is maybe they know what Josh one, McCown but that's lo- all you need that's but all you he need. loses that first one and boom but that's not that's not the issue mm-hmm. you can get somebody to watch one game and then hopefully Hackenberg is good that's what I'm just saying is you can get the intrigue I know what Josh McCown is I'm not interested in watching Josh McCown what if he was watched-
0: a dud that first game Who Hackenberg? Hackenberg. What if he lays a dud that first game? What if any
1: of these guys lay a dud? No, no, no! I'm saying
0: like because the whole thing of like, oh well, I can sell Hackenberg. What if he lays a dud? Then how can you still sell him? Or is it up? You sell him as a young
1: quarterback who needs opportunity. Uh, How many interceptions did Jameis Winston throw in his first game?
0: Jameis Winston is a little bit different than. Christian but how many Hakenberg. interceptions
1: did he throw in his first game? James, it was a bad first game. Jameis Winston was also many, a top two? How pick many in interceptions the NFL draft? did Peyton Manning throw in his first season?
0: Yet again, Peyton Manning was a top. But pick I can in sell it. draft.
1: That's what I'm saying, though. I can sell it. I can tell somebody, okay, that was his first game. Give him a second game, and whether they watch or not is something different. But what I'm saying is, there's the hope that it's a quarterback of the future. We're going to see if something goes on. You know, Deshaun Watson can go out there for the Texans and lay an egg, and at least there's the hope of, hey, maybe he's the quarterback of the future. Now, of course, with a first-round pick, you believe that he should be the quarterback Mm -hmm. of the future. Uh, You put a 38-year-old quarterback out there who has a history of losing, so much so that he was coaching high school football not that long ago. That doesn't show me much promise. I'm not excited to watch that game. I just had to sit there and watch Ryan Fitzpatrick play in, you know, the last couple of years. As a Jets fan, I'm not excited for old quarterbacks right now. Give me something young. Give me something new. Well,
0: and the one thing I will say is your analogies uh, or your comparisons, I'll say, mm-hmm. of Manning and uh, Winston. I think that's stretching a little bit.
1: I'm just saying that because even good quarterbacks have bad well, rookie years. I'm
0: saying and or I'm a lo- bad rookie game, and I'm looking at it from the fact of your like that's a stretch only because mm-hmm. those are like top of the first round guys where even if they yeah. do lay an egg that first that first game, mm-hmm. unless you're David Carr, Jameis Winston could have done anything that rookie mm-hmm. season, and he was still going to get that second year. Because sure. he had that potential. Well, that's
1: not completely sure. I mean, you can't completely sell that. And Mike happened, Lennon had a good season and then got benched.
0: Mike Lennon also didn't have as he got great, benched
1: for Jameis Winston. He also but still. didn't
0: have that great of a mm-hmm. season coming into the NFL that Jameis Winston had. No, Jameis Winston but he had, a had good NFL two season. amazing seasons coming in, and the only quarterback mm-hmm. he lost to. That ended his season that year before was the guy who went directly behind exactly and Marcus Mariota. The guy that I think mm-hmm. that you could have maybe sold a little bit better is, and I'm looking at the stats right now to see how he played his first year is Derek Carr. A but second Derek
1: Carr was good. In a his first second year.
0: round pick. I, he still had 12 interceptions. I know he had the 21 touchdowns and 3,000 yards. Mm-hmm. But he still had that twelve touchdowns. Yes, but he like was you good said, in his first year. He was
1: really all, good. All I'm saying, don't get hung up on the mm-hmm. on the specific quarterback. All I'm saying is that a good quarterback can have bad games and can have a rough start. That's okay. Alex Smith. People will call him a good quarterback. That was a rough start for like six years. You know, you can have There's, a good quarterback have a rough start. That's what I'm saying. For your questions to mm-hmm. me was what if Brett What if? Christian Hackenberg goes out for game one and has a bad game. There's My a, answer is that good quarterbacks have bad games, and there's especially a big, when they're young. And
0: there's a big variable in this that mm-hmm. I think will be the writing on the wall. And like you said, I like the Alex Smith one because he did have—he he was in the wrong system. He had system. like five
1: bad years. Then Harbaugh
0: came along, and it was like, whoa, Alex Smith kind of looked good. Up, oh, he's injured. And then Kaepernick took the job. However, mm-hmm. the difference— And now th- he's in a wonderful situation yes. with Andy Reid. The difference I'm going to say there mm-hmm. is San Francisco, and even more so Kansas City, they don't have pressure. The Kansas city, the, the pressure from the city yeah. in Kansas City is different than New York. New York, you have one bad game, they're, they're
1: calling for your head. They're calling for Tebow. They're
0: calling for your head. And that is going to be, to mm-hmm. me, the writing on the wall for— Hackenberg, even if he plays this year, yeah, one bad game, one bad but that's game. That's any of these guys, and we're hearing that. And I think that that is one of the things that's kind of a dark spot mm-hmm. in the Jets is you got to have a guy, and yeah. I don't think I'll be honest, Petty and McCown are not the guys either of these for guys. it. That can deal mm. with that New York pressure. The problem is for I don't even think Bowles is the coach that can deal with that New York pressure. No.
1: The problem for any of these is the, the fun little game of any team, any team in the NFL, mm-hmm. who's the best quarterback on that team? The backup quarterback. Because the fans are going to sit there no matter what happens is play the backup. Aaron Rodgers threw Aaron Rodgers threw one Brady. interception. You better play the backup. <laughs> put Hundley in there. I'm just making I mean don't they, don't, don't it's a joke. Don't know. don't over they don't didn't, overthink it. I was gonna say they did play the
0: backup. He threw t- seven touchdowns, right? got a huge contract from the Seahawks, put Flynn in and then there. they cut
1: him. Right? So it's just that <laughs> That happened, Mark. That's just what happens is you throw an interception and they're saying, put Tebow in. <laughs> put him in, please. And in New York, is of course going to be terrible. Josh McCown has a bad game. Bryce mm-hmm. Petty has a bad game. Hackenberg has a bad game. We're calling for quarterback number two. Uh, it's a it's this is pretty much the reason why they are my number one overall pick. Next what year. I
0: think will happen is they will be a I'm going to say top five pick right now because mm-hmm. the Browns could still get the number one pick. They're still my favorite to get the number one pick every single year. I think the Jets no, will be Browns a,
1: have a decent team. I, I'll say this.
0: The Jets will be a top-three pick in the NFL draft next year. I will say McCown starts. All three quarterbacks play this season. Hackenberg is the last mm. to start, and he doesn't have that great of an end of the year, and we're looking for the Jets to draft a quarterback in 2018. To That's be fair, Hackenberg can
1: probably have—Hackenberg can get out there, or Petty can get out there and throw for 3,000 yards, and they'll still draft quarterback in the first yeah, round.
0: because they're probably—if they have a dud season, like you said, they might even fire Todd Bowles and get a yeah. new staff in to work with the quarterback. But before I wrap everything up, any final thoughts on this more so— more so, he. This was the most heated segment yeah. for the onside kick today. Any final thoughts on the Jets?
1: Because uh, Ricky likes thirty-eight-year-old quarterbacks for some reason. Hey, I'll take Josh um, McCown
0: over Christian Hackenberg. That's all I'm saying.
1: I would too, but I'm, I'm talking. Saying. I'm talking about. I like it. yet yeah. if I know I'm going to lose no matter what, and I know I'm probably going to most win two games. Eh, let me see the let me see the rookie. Your
0: team has a quarterback though that has a lot more hope than Hackenberg. Trubisket oh, no, has a yeah. lot more hope than Hackenberg.
1: Yeah, he. Is, some would have said he was the number 1 quarterback in the draft. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and even so, yeah, let me see what the rookies got. You know, that's that's just all I say. When you got a young quarterback, eh, I want to see what he's got. So uh, my last notes on the Jets. Sorry, Jets fans. I feel like we pissed a lot of you guys off because we pretty much trashed your team. Except for the one time that I said, you know, Eric Decker and Matt Forte, yeah, those are good. And you mentioned the defense was good on paper. Yep. The, no, they're better... On the field than they are on paper okay um their stats aren't amazing but they play pretty they play pretty decently uh they gave up one of the most amounts of points you would think in the NFL. you would
0: think that the coaching staff is a defensive staff
1: you would you think would think that you would think maybe not might not be the case in 2018 <laughs> uh but jets fans um you know we were a little hard on you guys mm-hmm. today uh so i i hope you guys don't hate us too much um And maybe you guys don't watch the season preview when I probably (laughs) say that you guys win ah, two games. I don't know. Just a thought. Just a thought. But watch it anyways. But this
0: is where we're going to pose the question onto you guys. What do you guys think? Is Hackenberg going to make strides? That was the original question. Is Hackenberg going to make strides? What strides does he need to make this offseason to win the job this offseason? And what do you think? Just overall for this quarterback situation as the camera dies. And I'm doing this with the logo up there, Dallas down below what you guys think, but thank you guys for listening and watching the onside kick today. It was great to have you guys along for the ride. I'm at Ricky Whitmer. Mark is at the Mark Weber with two E's most valuable podcast is at most valuable pod. Go check out patreoncom backslash most valuable podcast to help the channel other than hitting that like and subscribe button. I want to thank you guys one last time for listening. And as always, have a good day, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at
0: Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.